We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,103 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. How are you today, Bruce? Healthy and alive. Uh, doing well, as usual. Uh, wonderful. I'm, I'm really digging the spring weather. I, this, is, this has been really nice. Uh, it's, uh, mind you, it's been rainy and kind of cool. But you know how it's cold and you can feel the warm and the heat fighting each other? It's still uh -huh. cold. It still requires a jacket, but it's different than winter. It feels different. That, that's kind of what it's been. And it's been it's actually mm -hmm. been nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those um, those warm rain days are coming, you know, like the, the spring, you know, it's where it's it's kind of it's gray and it's cloudy, but it'll be warm out, which is really it's really kind of it's refreshing in its own way. But then the sun comes out a, a few hours later, you know, and that dries everything out. It's it's really nice. You hear the birds chirping. Oh, well, the trees here, are starting it's to miserable. It's miserable. When there. The sun comes out after it rains. It's miserable. Oh, yes. And it's humid and hot. And yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not it's not as bad as where I natively come from uh, down there. You guys have more of a dry heat in the in the summertime than than people well, from my neck of the I mean, woods. Yeah, you know, 60, 70 percent humidity, dry heat. OK, uh, yeah, all right. Try 90, 90, you know, 90 day, 90 uh, yeah, days. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. When I lived in Colorado, we had like zero humidity. So, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah you, we yeah. always we always used to laugh at the people out in like Utah or Arizona or New Mexico or something where they say, oh, yeah, we're having 110 degrees. And we're like, my God, how do you stand it? They said, no, you don't understand. It feels like it's 75 because there's no humidity until you step out in the sun. And then you can feel it, it like hot. burning your flesh. You know, yes, it gets the, hot. Yeah, and when you've got buzzards circling overhead, you know it's probably time to go in for the evening. Yes. <laughs> Has President Trump been arrested yet? We're still waiting. Well, as of uh, time of recording now, uh, the the grand jury is hearing the last witness uh, before they, you know, issue their indictment or whatever. Um, yeah, so nothing, nothing yet. There are barricades that have been placed around the courthouse awaiting the arrival of uh, some protesters or something. I don't know. Even Kevin McCarthy said, no, I, I wouldn't go out and, and protest. I, I really wouldn't do that. I, I would like to know um, what federal agency is is sponsoring those protests. That's that's what I want to know. Which, which one of you guys are actually doing that, huh? 
Yeah. Which which office from the FBI is that coming from? Yeah, I I really hope uh, the people are paying attention, specifically the MAGA people are paying attention to what happened to you last time. Trump said you should go and protest peacefully. Um, just, you know, keep that in mind before you go out and protest this time. Uh, now, keep in mind that if this were normal times, if this were 20 years ago and this was going on and we, we actually still trusted our government agencies to an extent, you know, we kind of trusted them back then, back closer to 9-11. Um, I might say protesting might be OK. You know, maybe maybe you're you'd be fine. You're not going to have the FBI kicking in your door and, uh, you know, uh, arresting you months after you were there protesting peacefully uh, on charges of parading, might I add. Parading? That's what we're charging people with? Parading? There was a grandmother, 60-something years old, that was imprisoned for parading. A deadly terrorist she is. De- domestic terrorist. Big threat to national security, that one. So we've we've got to go after that. What is the point of this, even? We're indicting a, uh, a, a former president, which has never actually been done before. So we're indicting them on is a misuse of campaign funds or something. But I was actually listening to uh, to somebody else talk on this this morning. The Biden campaign had to pay a fine of I think it was like two hundred and ninety thousand dollars because they violated and misused their campaign contributions somehow. I, I can't remember. But this guy, uh, Trump, he apparently pays one hundred and thirty grand to uh, a porn star or something. And we're indicting him on that. Um, OK, well, let's look at what we're indicting that person on. So uh, let's look at the charge. OK, so misuse of campaign contributions. Right. That is a misdemeanor. OK, the district attorney, who is a Soros backed district attorney, I might add, has upped the charges from a misdemeanor to a felony. Explain to me, as somebody who's been in and out of the the legals and and judiciary system within the United States, somebody explain to me how that's even possible. How can a district attorney come in and say, well, you know, I'm going to change that from a misdemeanor to a felony. You can't go in and change the code, Jack. You just can't go in and say, you know what, I'm going to make that charge a felony. No, that's not how it works. We have a, a, a process of drafting and writing laws, albeit it's done under the auspices of corrupt lawyers and lobbyists. Nonetheless, we have a system put in place to rate charges how they are on the books for a reason. We don't go in and arbitrarily change them because of, uh, I, I, I don't know, politics, because that's what this is, a, a political witch hunt. In all the time that you had, with the, the Trump-Russia thing, which turned out to be bull, and all that stuff, all that, that thing that was going on with the Mueller investigation and everything else. By the way, they were the ones that were colluding with the Russians, I might add. In all that time, you, you couldn't have brought this up? This couldn't have been part of that investigation? I mean, you threw Cohen to the wolves. He's still doing jail time, I think. You know, he was the lawyer that, that did the payoff, apparently. I don't know. I don't really care about any of this, but we're talking about it because that's what everybody else seems to be talking about, because people think this is somehow important or relevant. So we're going to discuss it and we're going to tell you how irrelevant and how pointless this is. Not to mention the fact that it's uh, a misdemeanor that they're charging as a felony. They're indicting. I shouldn't even say they're charging. They're indicting on as a felony, which is hilarious if you think about it, because, you know, you know, the Bruce, you know, the longstanding running joke that the FBI could indict a ham sandwich. In this case, that's essentially what they're doing. They're indicting a ham sandwich. Do you know why? Because they can't indict on this. They don't have any legal precedent in order to do this. 
if you're to go back and look at the misuse of campaign contributions, and if you violate that, which we do have laws legitimately against that, as I said, it's a misdemeanor charge that they've up to a felony, which you can't do, but he's doing, you have something called a statute of limitations, which means for legal purposes, you have a specific window of opportunity as a legal person to charge somebody with that offense. At that point, you then take it before a court. Within that process of presenting your case to a court, you have to prove that this crime took place within this period of time in order to make sure that it's a valid charge. You can't go after somebody for, I don't know, a speeding violation from 15 years ago. You just can't do that. That's why it's it's crazy when you think about these people that are uh, doing these public indictments, I should say, of somebody that said something 12 years ago on some Facebook post. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. But more to the point, back to the legal thing. I'm digressing here. Back to the legal point. You have five years in limitations, in a statute of limitations to charge someone for misuse of campaign contributions. When this payoff took place was six and a half years ago. Um, let me see. Five year statute of limitations. Offense took place six and a half years ago. I, I'm not a mathematician, but I know enough to realize that you're past the statute of limitations and you can no longer charge said person with said crime. You can no longer take it before a court because your window of opportunity has closed. But we're doing it anyway. So somebody explain to me the point of this. Uh, deep down, Democrats really want Trump to win. That's what all this is about. So they're throwing all of this at him, getting him all this name ID and everything so that when he, uh, uh, you know, the election comes up, he's going to get a landslide victory um, over this because it's going to be retaliation against what Democrats are doing. And they'll have to cheat over, I mean, uh, over and beyond to actually win uh, the, uh, what they did in 2020. Um the safest and fairest election in American history, uh, mind you. Uh, they'll, they'll have to do more than that uh, to win. That's what I think is really going on, because the American people will uh, see this as a farce. They will see this as, um, you know, um, corruption and, and wrong, and they'll probably elect a Trump. Um, or uh, it, it might get them to uh, just say... Democrats as a whole are a problem and they'll vote for someone else. Uh, and then de facto, you'll have whoever the Republican, uh, whoever the Republican is. So that's honestly what I think what what will end up happening in this. It, it, they'll end up making the Democrats lose if they go through with this. Uh, now, if they the grand jury says, yep, yeah, there's nothing here. We can't actually do this. This was all just for show. This is all just for ratings uh, for the news agencies and whatnot. Um, and then. Uh, I, 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 nothing will happen. I mean, the uh, people will more or less forget about it and it'll be a talking point for Republicans and, you know, their donations and their, you know, continuing of their apparatus. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I just it, it's a big deal. This is kangaroo court. This is banana republic. This is a bunch of BS. But at the same time, does it really matter in the long run? We have bigger fish to fry. I mean, we should be going after and, and fixing this, the, the entire system that is our government uh, and, and finding out 
where the corruption, where the the rot started and get that removed. That's where we should be focusing. But instead, we're focusing on, oh, uh, president, uh, you know, previous president was indicted on some some BS. Uh, when you know the the apparatus is corrupt, when you know the apparatus is rotten to the core and yet we're we're sitting here talking about oh this is a big deal this is yes it'll go down in history as this being a big deal this time period as a big deal not just this trump situation you know with him being indicted this is this is america ending kind of stuff this is culture ending kind of stuff that we're seeing going on like the the entirety of it not just what's going on with trump that that's just a, a symptom of a greater problem so yeah um this is a big deal but uh, at the same time it's not. Uh, so uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of at the point to where I don't care. Okay. So they'd indict Trump. I don't care, but we, we have bigger fish to fry. Like I said, there, there's other things we should be going after. I, I can't disagree with that. We've kind of been beating around the bush recently about uh, the corruption within the system. You know, the answer here is not to lose faith in the system at the same time. You cannot do that. That is what this is all about. This is to make you lose faith in your system, in your election system, in your government system, in your cultural institutions and everything else. That's what all this is about. It's a campaign of demoralization. What is the first stage of ideological subversion that Yuri Bezmenov talked about? De moralization. They have to demoralize you. They have to get you to reject and turn against your own. So you demand something else. That's what it's all about. There's not a problem with the American system. There's not a problem with Western democracies being modeled after that system. Tailor it to whatever you want. If it works for you, fine, but use it as a base. Have you looked at the European systems, the modern European systems? They all sound awfully familiar. Where do you think after the war ended, they got those ideas? Not bragging, but there's a reason oh, no, that we have. I'm 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 a filthy American. I will totally brag about that. <laughs> we have the most perfect system that humans can devise. We have it. And yet we're squandering it. That is my issue. Is is it's being squandered. We have corruption in there because of people, not because of the system, but because of people. And it we need to get those people out. We need to get that rot out. I, I agree. Again, I, I I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll continue agreeing with you on that point because you're you're absolutely right. You know, the, the whole point of the American system, you know, the, the system of, of our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution, you know, our, our constitutional rights for people. There's a reason that it was written the way that it was written by the founders of America. It's because it deconstructs a tyranny. That's the whole point of it. It redistributes the power back into a system of checks and balances. So there is always a check on a balance of power. People like to trash the American Second Amendment. That is a check on the balance of power in a society. That's the point of it. If a government becomes tyrannical, it is your duty to overthrow it and institute new government of for and by the people. I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Correct me if I'm making too much of a mistake, but uh, that's what we do. We don't replace the fundamental basis of our systems. There's nothing wrong 
with the fundamental basis of them. It's, as Bruce said, it's the people within them that have deviated from our founding principles that have landed us in this jackpot. So we've got to re-upload. We've got to refound all of these principles again. And you know what? I don't care if the systems themselves fail. I don't care. I actually welcome that because this will be an opportunity for you dumbasses to get cleaned out because you don't belong there. You people in these apparatchiks of power have been in there long enough. You've had the run of the place for the better part of a half century. I think it's time for you all to go. You people cannot do a single thing correctly. It would be one thing if you, know, you people were just incompetent. It would be one thing. You know the old saying, even a broken clock is right twice a day. You people can't even get that right. So therefore, using deductive reasoning and looking at things as I do with an investigative mindset, I look for things that fit and things that don't. That's the first thing that you do as, as an investigator. You look for what fits and what doesn't. Well, I'll tell you what doesn't fit. What doesn't fit are people that never get anything done correctly, that always seem to be sabotaging the very system that they swear to uphold. It's almost as though it's being done on purpose. Now, that is not me turning against my own system. That's me turning against the people that are in it. There's a difference. We have to be able to make the distinction here. If we have any hope here in the West, not just in America, but in the West in general, if we have any hope of having some kind of a future for children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, whatever, then we have to be able to catch and hold this system and reconstitute it on our terms, not the establishment's terms. The establishment's terms have led us to ruin. Their time is over. They have sold us out. That doesn't mean we demand a new system using China as a model, as Klaus Schwab would have you believe. That doesn't mean that Vladimir Putin is a good Christian man that's gone rogue and is fighting the Western elite. They're in on it together. But because our people, namely people like ourselves, people that listen to us, you the listener, you're disgruntled with your system. I can't say that I blame you. Obviously, I'm disgruntled with it. Obviously, Bruce is disgruntled with it. The Far East systems, namely Russia and China, they want us to turn against our own systems, along with the people that are in it, because those people are in a jackpot one way or another, right? Bruce, you and I talked about that last night. They're damned if they do, damned if they don't. They're jammed up and they're jammed up bad. Same thing with the people that put them in there, namely the financial institutions. I could not believe what I heard out of Edward Dowd on a clip today. I could not believe what I heard. He was on the Alex Jones show. And look, I, I'm not I'm not going to argue with that. People have their opinion of that guy and, and, and whatnot, but I'm not I'm not here to debate that. But what Dowd said was the buck stops with the politicians and the banking institutions. I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing, that that's where it stops. No, no. We, we understand that these people and these institutions are a problem, but you have to understand the deeper meaning to that. Why have they become a problem? Why are they a problem? Why why are the banking systems? We, you know, we, we say that we have an opportunity here to take out the central banking cartel. That doesn't mean that we need to get rid of banking. That means we need to get rid of the people that are in it. That means that we need to get rid of that rotted corruption within it. Who do you think launders the drug cartel money? What I said yesterday when I was speaking on Lindsey Graham saying we need to go to war with the drug cartels, and I said, are you willing to go to war with the people that launder the money for them? Because that's who you're going to go to war with. You've got to get at that that the heart of that corruption or it just comes back. It's like a cancerous tumor. You've got to cut that out. 
as we ended yesterday, we were we were discussing just privately amongst ourselves. And and Bruce, you were you were shocked when I told you that they haven't buried Lennon yet. Yeah, it was actually pretty creepy. Uh, we were going over uh, Red Square and what they what they do with uh, Lennon and that that whole process. Basically, he's frozen in a casket that is open for viewing. It's like a casket with like a the the lid raised and then like windows to seal him up and they keep it refrigerated and all that to keep him uh it it's just it's creepy it, it is just weird they spend a whole hell of a lot of money doing that they re-embalm him i think what was it like every few months or something like that they keep his yeah, something like his that. joints working and all kinds of stuff it's like what what on earth they haven't buried the, the russians they haven't buried lenin yet do you know the russian national anthem you know that that is is still the same tune they just changed the words in it did you know that the, the FSB, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, the FSB and the KGB, you know, they they use the same building. They just changed the name on the office door. That's all they did. They're, they're having a meeting today. Putin and Xi, they're having a meeting today. Oh, it was a big spectacle. Everybody's having a, a you know, a grand old time. The media here. Why aren't they condemning China for meeting with the evil bad man Putin? Have you asked yourself that question? All the Western media is covering everything that they're saying publicly, but they're not criticizing China. Why not? I thought, you know, Putin's a you know, man wanted by the International Criminal Court, which is a joke in and of itself because it's run by Soros. But you're not criticizing China? Why not? You see, th this is how fake this is. This is how scripted this is for everybody. It's laughable. You want to know where that rot and that corruption lies within our institutions and within our government? It's coming from these block countries, these countries that we have no business doing business with. That's where it's coming from. Now, how to deal with this? Apart from getting somebody within our systems themselves to actually recognize the problem. Again, I'm, I mean, it's, it's like we're, we're repeating ourselves here. You have a reluctance within our systems to recognize how to deal with this in the first place or th that it even exists. So I don't believe replacing our systems. Again, that's what they want us to do, right? They, they, they're playing a scissor strategy, communist countries. They're playing a scissor strategy. They're controlling both ends of the agenda. They've got the compromised politicians. They've got the compromised entertainment industry, the compromised journalists, the media companies, the banks, the businesses. What do you think the World Economic Forum is all about? They've got all of these people compromised and jammed up. And so it causes people like us that believe in our traditional system of values and morals. We're jammed up at the same time because we're now denouncing our own system and our own people. But the people within the system are doing the bidding because they're compromised from someone else. So all of this turns back into a dialectical game, just like Marxist revolutions prefer you to be in. You have to be within the struggle. So how do we deal with this? I have ideas, but quite frankly, I, I don't have a, a, an immediate fix apart from you have to get the public to understand. You have to get people to understand. And, and this is another challenge in and of itself. I'm still trying to figure out how to get people off the television. I'm still fighting that battle constantly. People want Netflix and vacation and peace and quiet. How do you compete with that? People want to go to the Colosseum to use a Roman Roman Empire analogy. They want to go to a, a sports venue or something. You can't get people to understand. You, well, you can't get people to recognize what the problem is first in order to realize what they have to do to foster a culture for themselves and for the people around them to be able to affect change within their families and communities. I understand where we need to start, but getting the wheels turning at the local level, apart from some type of a... Of a I don't even want to say a grid down scenario, but apart from some kind of a hard break, I'll just put it that way, from the devices, 
from the entertainment, some type of a hard break. I don't know what will snap people out of it. I, I really don't understand. Maybe it's not having your electricity on. Maybe it's not having running water. Maybe it's not uh, being able to, to put food on the table. I, I don't know. But somewhere, somehow along this line and this track that we're on, something's going to happen and it's going to anger people and it's going to make them snap. I don't know what that is. I don't know when that is, but it will happen at some that. point. Uh, I don't mean to interject. No, please. Uh, to to that point, um, a good start is some of the big, well-known podcasters or uh, talking heads, if you will. Uh, Joe Rogan here recently had a big rant about um, authoritarianism and how the left is authoritarian. They're just they're going down a road that he can't travel. Now, you might think, okay, another talking head is talking about this. This is the biggest podcast in the world that's uh, now saying, uh, yeah, I can't support the party that I was a part of anymore. Like, I, I, I can't vote for him. And he said publicly now that he would vote for Ron DeSantis. That might be a good start to have people start asking questions because both the left and the right listen to Joe Rogan. Big voice. Uh, it's possible that that's a good start. Uh, the tranny madness has started waking people up. Uh, but again, they're not they're not seeing the full scope of what's going on. Um, they're only thinking, uh, you know, short term, smaller stuff like, well, it's this politician's the problem. No, it's a whole slew of things. That's the problem. And unfortunately, until we get think of it like a computer program, there is back doors open that people hackers are using to get in back to get into your system. Now there's a bunch of uh, malicious software that's inside the system that we have to get rid of. Not only do we need to close those back doors to keep the bad people from getting in, but we also need to, and I'm not talking about the border here, that is one of the problems, but I'm also talking about the bureaucracy and everything there. Uh, but we also need to get rid of uh, the systems that are in place that are running inside now, the, the malware inside that uh, is corrupting the system. We need to get rid of that as well. And that entails going through the 500 different departments that the government has. Um, that entails closing down, literally shuttering, firing all those staff. That's what it means. That's, that's part of this whole system. That, that's part of the solution. So, you know, again, we have to get those back doors closed and we have to, we have to get those people out that are part of the problem that are instituting this. And then another good solution would be to ban uh, things like um, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum or Soros or, you know, those kind of things, you know, ban those kinds of people here in the Honestly, country. Uh, you could you know, do communism, that. you know, that would be yeah. good. You, you could do that, the, the Klaus Schwab thing. You could do that very simply. You could say, um, OK, if you're going to do business with that, then we're going to revoke your charter to do business in this country. And that's it. It's that simple. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, I, I'm not for uh, witch hunts, but at the same time, you know what? If you're a Marxist, maybe there should be a, a witch hunt and we should track down and sniff out Marxists. Because frankly, to. where do you think, where do you think this transgenderfication, where do you think the pedophilia, the sexual revolution, where the hell do you think all that came from? Uh, drugs. I, it, it, yeah, drugs. Yeah. I mean, I know we're kind of dipping into some of the stuff we've talked about or we're, we're talking about behind the scenes, but this is stuff we've been talking about for a while before this as well. Marxism is part of the problem. 
and you know marx uh, the marxism in colleges and and universities and it, it, it's teaching kids to be activists and to be uh dupes and we we have to stop that and we can't stop it unless we close those back doors and we purge the system we have to purge every part of our society we have to cleanse it and I, I'm not I'm not meaning, you know, like killing people off. That's not what I mean. I mean, going in and removing the people from office that shouldn't be there to, you know, or or have the, the Marxist ideologies. And a part of that is us as the people voting differently. Quit voting for the politicians like Gretchen Whitmer, or Bernie Sanders or, you know, uh, Maxine Waters or, you know, those types. Quit voting for them. That's part of uh, the solution. There's there's a bunch of cogs and you can be a part of that machinery to to clean the system out. Everybody has a part in that to use kind of a Marxist ideology. Everybody has a part. And if we're all working on on our own, you know, uh, small issue, th then we fix the entire nation. If we if we like I, we've said before, you fix yourself, you fix your family, you fix locally and you can fix the entire system. We just have to all continue working and fighting and, and you know, it, we'll, we'll get there. It's not going to be it's this isn't a short battle. This is this is a war and we're in it for a very long term. If we want to save it, if we want to save this apparatus, this this society that we've created, if we want to save that, it, this is something we have to fight for for generations. The, it, we're not going to fix it overnight. It's not going to be, oh, we voted for Don, uh, Ron DeSantis. Yay, everything's good now. We, we, we fixed the republic. Yeah, no, 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 no. If you do that, we lose. If, if you go in and say, hey, we voted for Ron DeSantis. We won. He's, he's now president. And uh, we're just going to, you know, sit back down and, uh, you know, rotate on our thumbs. We lose. We're done. That's it. Flip the lights off. Power down. The country's over. You might have a good time while DeSantis is in office. He might do some good stuff. He might slow it down. Our descent hasn't stopped. We're still falling. You know, I, I had hope for the so-called alternatives in, in the beginning of when this went um, hot, if you will, right? When COVID started, I, I had hopes for the quote alternatives, but it's turned into nothing. It, it's turned into just a, another circus performance is what it's turned into. And more to the point, I'm talking about Turning Point USA. These ridiculous, sorry excuses for what could only be misconstrued as a, a poor man's rock concert. This is laughable, this kind of nonsense. I, I get that people want to feel like they're a part of something, but you know what? Going to these events and supporting that, that circus cash cow does nothing. It does nothing. Oh, we're going to go there and we're going to cheer for these people. We're going to cheer for... You know all those people on the, on the stage? Those are all rhinos. You know that? Most of them. I understand you got like Ted Cruz up there. And Ted Cruz, he talks a good game, but he's like another Jim Jordan. Rolls his sleeves up, gives you a whole bunch of points that are correct, but nothing ever gets done. There's no action behind anything what I see. They're selling Socialism Sucks t-shirts in the lobby on your way out the door. Oh, and you can stop and you can get a photo op with, I, I don't know, pick your favorite quote alternative media pundit. That's a cash machine that they have rolling. Patriots, true patriots, don't give a damn about your money. They don't care about how much money. As a matter of fact, you know, the, the whole point of, of, of being somebody that stands on principle is not for financial gain. You know that? Mark Twain. Do you know what he said about patriotism? 
In the beginning, a patriot is a hated man feared and scorned, but in time when his cause succeeds, the timid join him because then it costs nothing to be a patriot. How has this transformed? I, I don't I don't see anything in there about, about financial gain. How has this transformed into a, a money machine? How is this construed now as, as patriotism? Oh, donate now and we'll fight for you on your behalf. Real patriotism starts with you at the individual level, standing up for your values and standing on principle, not for financial gain, giving you fake dressed up talking points and people who shuttled out there with fog machines and confetti cannons and everything else. That's a joke. That's a damn joke. That fixes nothing. That wastes time. As you said, we're in this for the long haul. And I, I feel as though I, I, got the, um, I got the feeling today. Bruce, you know what a false summit is? In, yes. in manners of climbing, you know, you you see yes. a, a, a mountaintop off in the distance and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to get over that ridge right there and we'll be right at the foot of that and we'll be right at the top in no time. Mm, sure you will. Yeah. And I had that feeling today while I was I was driving the, the car and I, I got I got about halfway to where I was going and I said, oh, my God, I said, we've hit a false summit. When COVID started, I thought, okay, we've got a long mountain to climb here. This is going to last a while. And then when I discovered what we discovered that we're kind of hinting at now, I feel like we hit a false summit. I felt like we were literally at the base of the mountain. We were getting ready to you know, hit the, the bottom of the mountain. We were going to start the long climb up. No, we hit the top of the one ridge line and we looked and we're like, oh God, this isn't going to be easy. You know, the whole point of deceiving Western countries for generations was so that we wouldn't pay attention to this, so that we would have the decadence in society. You know, you know the decline that we've been experiencing over the last, well, 35, 40 years, more uh, more precisely, you know, that's it's been a rapid descent the last 20. It's been straight down the last 20. Do you know why it's been that way? Oh, they'll blame unemployment. They'll blame no opportunities. They'll blame uh, whatever, you know, just pick your favorite thing. They'll, they'll put the blame back on you because that's what it's designed to do. But there's never any focus paid on what caused you to be in that position in the first place. It's just they're blaming the situation that you're now in. And you notice that nobody ever addresses that. Again, another problem that goes back to what I was talking about yesterday. No one wants to address the problem that landed you there. And that's why I argue that these events, you know, these these turning point things, these CPACs and whatever pack, I, I don't give a damn pack, whatever in the hell you want. These events, they're talking about things on the surface. They're talking about situations that we're in. They're shouting down the other side when both sides need to be shouted down for landing us in this situation to begin with. Our schools, our homes, our churches, our entertainment, our cultural institutions, our politics, our systems of government, not necessarily political offices or politicians, our financial institutions, our businesses. All of these things, every single one of them, not in any specific order, have been priority targets. And that is what needs to be paid attention to. That is the system that needs to be fixed. How do we deal with this? Again, we're back to, to the solutions. How do we deal with this? Bruce and I were brainstorming and prep, and we've been talking in, in previous podcasts about how to deal with this and be honest with you. And, you know, just looking at, at history, apart from some form of strong hand. I don't know. I don't know. Because if you look at, at societies, not necessarily civilizations, I mean, you could look at civilizations as a whole, but I don't want to paint everything with the same brush here because everyone's experiencing different levels of turmoil in, in their own way. But as far as I've read from my own research, I don't know of any society that's ever recovered that's been this far gone. 
if we do, then this will be the first time in history that this has ever happened. Kind of going along with, with what you said, Bruce, I don't know, but I believe, and I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I know I've said this privately, but I know, I I believe I've said this on on a previous podcast before I said, it's been very early days. I said, you're going to have to start passing laws at the local level that keep these people and that type of behavior out. That's what you're going to have to do. And you're going to have to banish, for lack of a better term, I don't know what to call it here. Because if you if you even if you even glance at one of these these snowflake morons these days, they consider that to be some kind of a hate crime. That's how far this has been twisted and turned by uh, political agendas. It's disgusting. But apart from doing something similar to what DeSantis is doing in Florida, where you're passing laws at the state level to ensure your education system, the education of your of your children, to ensure your religious rights. I'll make no mistake, they're they're coming for all the religions. I might add, Christianity is just the number one target right now. They're going to come for the rest of you. Make no mistake. Marxists don't discriminate when it comes to religion. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, apart from from passing laws to to keep these people that I that that destructive ideology right and left. Don't give me this crap about uh, about uh, Nazi Germany and and, and communist or, or Soviet Russia. Don't give me that crap. Both of those societies, both of those totalitarian nightmares, were based in Marxism. I love how they say all oh, the National Socialists. They weren't socialists. It's in the name. It's ridiculous. All the top guys, all those top thugs, they were all Marxists, devout Marxists, I might add, passing laws to keep these people and that behavior out. And again, you can do this on a national level. Our Constitution, our, our Declaration of Independence, our system of checks and balances, our Bill of Rights, these ensure that the government cannot take them away from you. That's the whole point. The Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments of the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, those don't tell the government what they can do. They tell the government what they can't do to you. They can't take away your right to a speedy trial. They can't take away your right to freedom of practice of religion of your choosing. They can't take away the freedom of the press. I wouldn't call these people that are on the television and in the newspapers, I wouldn't call those people free press. I'd call them propagandists. You give these people a quote or you give them some kind of an interview and then they go out and they print whatever they want anyway. That's not the press. That's propaganda. If it were me in the White House, I'd throw every one of their sorry asses over the fence and say, you report out there from the street side where you belong. You prostitutes, because that's what they are. The freedom to defend yourself, the Second Amendment, you know, the thing that everybody hates, the things that tyrants hate the most, I might add. You ever see those shirts, mass murderers all agree, gun control works? And they have Mao, Hitler, and Stalin. Yeah, that, those shirts, they ring true. You can throw Pol Pot and a few others in there, Castro, the rest of them, Hugo Chavez. These, these things, your right to remain silent. These are, these are crucial. These are fundamental these are fundamental human rights that are granted to you by the creator. This is what totalitarian societies cannot stand. And so it has the biggest target painted on its back. And the people within our own system have lowered the drawbridge. That is what needs to be fixed. So I'm not for throwing out our system. I hate to disappoint Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping. I'm not for overthrowing our constitutional republic. I'm not for overthrowing some form of Western democracy. I'm for holding the people that you all have compromised in our systems. I'm all for holding those people accountable and getting them cleaned the hell out so we can get back to business. We are capitalists after all, right? Yeah, I, I would also say there should be some trials. Uh, oh, that goes without saying. On treason. Oh, that goes without saying. That has to happen. The very least, you know, before before we even get into the, the bureaucratic side of things, at the very least, you can look at just this this 
this jab campaign, this horrible, horrible vaccination campaign. You can look at all new Nuremberg trials just for that. I don't think there's a single one of our listeners that would disagree with that, nor should they. I'm not telling people what to think. This is just common sense kind of stuff. But that, even in and of itself, the jab campaigns, you've got to think about where that came from. Is that of our own doing in our own institutions or are they doing it on behalf of someone else? We've got the who, not to be confused with the World Health Organization. We've got the where, the when, the how, but we don't have the why. Why was it done? We have good speculation. Just real quick, we have, we very, have good speculation. We have very good why. speculation. Yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm not even talking about the stuff we're talking about behind the scenes. I'm just saying uh, the government, just based on what we know with the government, the government says it's this way. It's A, B, and C. No, it's not A, B, and C. It's X, Y, Z. That's what it is. The government says, well, this was... The, the, the research that was going on was for protection to, you know, create vaccines and, and, and whatnot. No, no, no. If the government tells you that's what it's for, you know, it's the exact opposite. That doesn't hold up in a courtroom, though, unfortunately. We, we need more. You need to be able to factually prove without a shadow of a doubt that uh, this was the motive. And again, the, you know, the lines that we're pursuing, that we're researching at the moment, we don't have a definitive answer. And it's entirely possible, again, this is, you know, what we were discussing behind the scenes, it's entirely possible that history will never record it as such. And the reason is, is because the discipline, the compartmentalization, the way that it's structured so people don't know is the whole point. Now, you can argue one way or the other about, well, it's depopulation. That's the, you know, the big talking point on the on the alternative side, right? Oh, it's depopulation. Okay. All right. Well, you could say that. I mean, we do have clips all over the place. In our intro, you've got Dennis Meadows, Club of Rome, saying, well, you know, I, I hope it can be done in a peaceful way, you know, in a special way. It's civil it's where everybody can share in the experience, you know, that kind of thing. And he actually precedes that statement, which we don't play because of time constraints. He actually precedes that statement by saying that globally, we've got 7 billion people. We're going to have to get that number down to at least a billion. So he's literally just casually talking about genocide as we're sitting here casually talking about totalitarianism. Bill Gates, when he does a TED Talk, we've got we've got the TED Talk of him saying we've got carbon emissions and we've got population. And one of those numbers is going to have to get to zero. Um, they're both the same, Bill. Hate to tell you that, but and he, and he says that if we do a really great job with vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we lower that by 10, 15%. He's talking about genociding 10, 15% of the world population, just at a minimum. Not to mention what he said before that when he said, well, we're going to have to get one of these numbers to zero. Noel Harari, the biggest question in economics and politics in the coming decade is going to be, what are we going to do with all these useless people? You can argue what they're doing now with the jab campaigns. You can argue what they're doing now as a as a depopulation program. Even if it's not the actual stated goal of it, even if that's not what it is, the numbers show a different side of things. The amount of people that have lost their lives to this, the amount of medical problems that people are now stricken with for the rest of their lives or whatever's left of their lives, I should say, sterilization. All of these are symptoms of a larger agenda to curtail the growing of the population. So rather it is one officially or it isn't one publicly, the numbers, I think, speak for themselves. Can I uh, put a theological bent on that just a little bit? Yeah, go ahead, because we're going to end with a theological um, point. So, yeah, that's good. So I've said before that Marxism is uh, an ideology straight from the bowels of hell. I stand by that. I also believe that uh, the what you're describing there is not 
a depopulation necessarily. It's not um, any of those. Uh, I, I think what it is what it is again. It's ideology straight from the bowels of hell. It's just simply a disdain for the human race. It's simply a disdain for the people that were created in God's image that were made higher than uh, the angels. We're we're literally made in God's image. Uh, the angels were not. Um, they are they are not. They're they're more or less servants. I think it's a, a sheer disdain for us because Satan thought he could usurp the the throne and authority because what um, whatever because he thinks that we're sinful and whatnot and he has to show God's error of his ways or simply because he's uh, arrogant and selfish and thought he could take the throne for himself. Whatever the case, doesn't matter. the the, the motive the the fact is. This is just simply a disdain for us. And the systems that are in place are just to make us, uh, basically it's torture for us. And it, it's it's created a system to where we're causing pain to ourselves. We're, we're destroying ourselves. Oh, Satan doesn't even have to do anything anymore. He's, he's, done, he's done his good work, if you will. And he's just sitting back, watching, eating his popcorn as the human race annihilates itself. Yeah, that that that's basically what's happening right now um, in our decadence. So um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Whether it's a depopulation scheme or not, of by the human race, it, it it at the end, this is just hatred for the human race done by hateful people that do his bidding, as you say. I'm glad you actually done by done by people that are the children of Satan. Yes, I literally said it that way because if you're not a born again Christian, I know. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm an extremist. If you're not a born again Christian, then you're of the devil. That's just the way it is. Either you're on the side of of the creator or you're on the side of the usurper. That's it. There's only two sides. There is no gray area. There's no I choose to be neither. There is none. You're either on the good guy's side or you're on the bad guy's side. It's literally light and dark. It's the perfect dialectic for cultural Marxism. It's a perfect breeding ground for it, wouldn't you say? It is. And again, you had uh, Vladimir Putin several years ago say that, uh, well, communism and Christianity are basically the same thing. I, I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. Far from it. Far from it. Now, uh, Bruce, I, I I'm, again, I'm glad you, you brought that up. You know, we have uh, Easter coming up, right? You're you're familiar, of course. Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. of course. Yeah. We've got Easter coming up. This is going to sound absolutely crazy, but um, we're we're going to uh, we're going to play this. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jesus Christ, he, he was he was Jewish, correct? Uh, yes, he, he was indeed okay. Jewish. All right, just yeah. making sure Christianity Christians could not exist until he died. So that means he had 33 years of walking this earth before Christians existed. So I, I'm glad you you cleared that up, and I'm glad that, you know we we understand that that's indeed how how things are. So I, I have to play this because this is we really are living in in a topsy turvy world. I'm just going to let this speak for itself. Conservative Christian leaders are calling on Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to stop a bill proposed by members of his coalition to make it criminal to tell people about Jesus in Israel. Our Jerusalem correspondent Daniel Cohen is live near Tel Aviv with more. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, everyone. A big story just before uh, days before Palm Sunday, Good Friday and Easter. Sacred time for Christians. Two ultra-Orthodox members of Prime Minister Netanyahu's coalition have introduced a bill that would punish believers for sharing the gospel of Jesus with prison time. United Torah Judaism Knesset members Moshe Gaffney and Yaakov Asher introduced legislation last week 
making it illegal to share in conversation or produce content online, in print, or by mail. Their explanation of the bill emphasizes a warning to stop Christians in particular. Are you kidding me? Isn't it ironic that literally the one people that were hit the hardest by fascism are literally enacting or, or proposing bills that are literal fascism? That's why I say <laughs> that we're living in topsy-turvy world. This is insane. Th this is <laughs> you're 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 turning everything on its head. He's lit, but those people are literally the Pharisees, the the Sadducees that uh, Jesus talked about. It's yeah. Who was Jewish? Again, I might add. Yeah, which is Jewish, which is what makes it even worse. What What do you do with this? I I don't like I I I can't I can't follow it. Like this is like these are the same types that support Bernie Sanders, right? I just don't. I don't understand it. I, I've I've never been able to grasp that. I don't get it. Maybe, maybe I just need to talk to somebody that's that's that way or something. I, I don't know. But then again, they won't listen to you. So, well, uh, yeah. In reference to those, the Orthodox that were proposing those bills, it makes sense because they don't accept Jesus as being a okay, prophet right. or, yeah, yeah, or any yeah. of that. You know, that they, sense, they okay, see him as a I cultist. Uh, OK, yeah, and, they're, I, and they're entitled yeah. to their beliefs. But prison time for anybody that talks about the, the gospel Really? I mean, in, in today's world with the cultural, uh, uh, the, you know, what's culturally accepted now in, in certain circles, or in other words, Marxism, we have to use racism to combat racism. Well, in this case, we have to um, enact fascism to fight fascism uh, or Marxism to uh, fight. I don't, I, I, I don't even know. Disinformation or I, I, I don't know what the grounds that they're saying that uh, why you should you should go after Christians for doing this, because. They're encouraging you to live a holy life, to be good to one another, to, I mean, when you look at the tenets of Christianity, it's a really difficult sell uh, when you, when you look at it that way, unless you're just coming at an Orthodox Jew uh, perspective, you know, nothing, I'm not trying to be derogatory against them in any way. And it's stupid that I have to put a disclaimer on here that that's the case, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not knocking them at all. It, it, it's the same. It's the same concept of Christians saying, "Well, um, Jehovah's Witness are kind of cult. Uh, they're a cult. Uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's a twisting of our beliefs." Uh, the, the, the Jewish people kind of see uh, the Orthodox kind of see us the same way as Christians. Uh, we're we're twisting uh, of their beliefs and they're uh, you, know, for, you know circling around one man. They just don't believe that he uh, rose again from the dead. Um, I, I think any any Orthodox Jew that is well educated um, knows that Jesus did exist. We have more uh, literature proving that Jesus existed than um, uh, Alexander the Great, uh, which is ironic. But nonetheless, they don't say he's the Messiah. Obviously, if you did, you're a Messianic Jew. So I I just I, I don't even know. I, I don't know where to start with it. I, I don't like this. I, I suppose this is a whole nother theological conversation that we could go down into. We could delve down into it for probably another hour. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, like I said, people are entitled to their beliefs. But really, we're, we're now going to, to yeah. start fighting amongst ourselves now. Like, this, really? I, I, I would think you wouldn't try to bite the hand that's tried to help you. I mean, the Christian people have done a lot to try to help the, the Jewish community. I would think you would try to go after extremist groups that have literally said they want you dead. They want you erased from this plane of existence. Maybe, maybe look at doing something against those people 
and not the ones that are on your side you know, as an ally that actually live with you, I might add, in day to day life. I mean, if you, if you look at who, you know, if you look at the population of Israel, you've got Jewish, Christian, Muslim, they all live there. So, yeah. And mind you, when I said extremist groups, I'm not just meaning extremist Islamist groups. I'm also meaning like Westboro Baptist, for example, or Jehovah Witness or those kind of groups. I'm, I'm also meaning those. Those are extremists that, yeah, you shouldn't really be speaking. Um, I mean, I'm all for freedom of speech, but you're a hate group. You're you're literally a terrorist organization. You're trying to terrorize people. Uh, so yeah, go on. Uh, I mean, you, I don't know, Bruce. You, they, you, I mean, they, they seem awful nice when they knock on my door. Jehovah Witness, I guess, are are less of a. They're not on the same level as uh, Westboro. Their beliefs, though, are the the kinds of stories and is that the abuse. Day, is that the seven day Adventist thing, or is that something different? I I honestly. I, I don't even I'm not even well read on okay. what I, well, they I, believe I, and what. They yeah, yeah, heard. yeah. This I, I, I'm I talking about like these radical Christian groups or something or, or whatever. I, I I don't know. You know, it's just yeah. a, I, I, I would the one the kinds of abuse that goes on uh, that I've heard from people that have left that cult um, is is illegal. I mean, literally illegal. Uh, but you it's know, like Scientology uh, instead of yeah, Scientology, that's another one. That's another, that's more of a scam. That's probably like money laundering and th there's probably some kind of, you know, something like that or pedophilia or something like that going on there, which mind you, that happens in the Christian circle as well. Look at the Catholic church and some of the stuff that's happened there, or even just, you know, not even just the Catholic church, but, uh, still it, it needs to be rooted out and cleansed. That's another bureaucracy that needs to be cleaned out is the catholic church and i you know i i honestly i i genuinely i, I mean i know a lot of catholics and i genuinely and they're, they're they're good people i i genuinely feel sorry for them i i really do that that's all i i feel that way for all denominations of christians yeah, though because yeah. if you look at a lot of the the big apparatus of, of christianity the the big organizations when you get up into the high levels they're Marxists, just the same as in the Vatican, just yeah. the same as in our governments. They're, yeah. they're all corrupted as well. Again, that's another one of the priority targets of communist bloc countries, namely China and Russia, you know, that, to go after that. I, I That's again, that's why I love this whole, uh, oh, yes, Ru Russia is a Christian nation. Really? <laughs> Did you look at the, the numbers yeah, pre-COVID sure. of the church attendance in, in and across Russia? I'm talking about Russian Orthodox. I mean, that's their biggest denomination of uh, of Christianity or in Eastern Orthodox. If, you, if you're looking at those, 4% was their attendance. And that was Easter. That was on Easter Sunday across Russia. Yep. When everybody goes. So mm. when everybody goes. Exactly. Well, Bruce, it's been a fascinating conversation. We didn't really talk too much of the events of the day. We delved into more um, uh, ideology, totalitarianism and, and geopolitical strategy. And we don't go that way too often unless it's in the context that we're discuss of us discussing the events of the day. You know, I, I'm glad to talk about the Constitution and our system of checks and balances and our system of government, which I might add has been the longest standing form of government on this planet, I might add, at 200 and almost 50 years. And that's precisely why they want to get rid of it. We're the longest standing constitutional yeah. republic in existence. We got a lot of work so to do. What, so what you're saying is, is I was right in saying that we have the best form we do. of government. It's not perfect. Yeah. It is not perfect by any no, stretch, no, but no. It is, it's is—it's got a lot of flaws, but it's, it beats just about anything else that's out there. So, you know, it's a, it's a good basis to use. I mean, it's literally in our documents, though. It's a more perfect union. It's not perfect. It's more perfect. So we're, we're striving for perfection, if you will. And this is the closest we've came to 
perfection so far. And honestly, I don't think you're going to get any closer. To allow people to have the freedom of choice, you can't get any market. closer than this. And a free market. And a free market, yeah. Which, that's the only thing that produces. Ask any communist country. <laughs> they always fall back to a capitalist system because it's the only thing that works. But they'll never admit it because of the revolution. It's been a fascinating conversation, Bruce. We're going to have to end here. So I would like to thank you for being here. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless and good night.